Those that are away from God, let's pray again this morning as we do every Sunday. Pray for families, our extended families, our aunties, our uncles, our nieces and nephews, cousins. Remember the ACM, all of our chaplains. And I want to especially remember our church in Bermuda, still shut down by the government because of COVID. Lift our hands towards the cross. Pastor Lance will give us some prayer this morning as we pray for all the ACM. Hallelujah. And we don't have to pray for Dr. Gardner this morning. Amen. He's here. Amen. Yes, that's right. Come on, as we pray, put your hands together once more and let's give God praise for Dr. Gardner being in our midst today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father, we bless you and we praise you today, oh God. Hallelujah, we thank you, Lord, that you are the living God, that our God is alive and he is not dead. We thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for you live, hallelujah, and you reign forevermore. We bless you and we honor you today, Lord God, as we lift up our unsaved loved ones today. In the name of Jesus, Father, asking that you save them, hallelujah, that you touch their lives now in the name of Jesus. Father God, save them wherever they may be, wherever they glory to God our Lord. Whatever they're going through, Lord, you touch their lives, but your hands are not short that you cannot save. Lord, save them as we cry out for them today. In the name of Jesus, Father, prepare us, give us words to speak unto them every lost soul that you bring across our path in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we lift up a still see and sister see today in the name of Jesus we speak blessing and strength over them favor and grace over their lives in the mighty name of Jesus hallelujah we thank you and praise you for them now in Jesus name and Lord we pray especially for the church in Bermuda hallelujah you know the challenges the persecution the struggles that is going through hallelujah father God and even though the government may have closed those doors we know that you are God who opens doors that no man can close. Hallelujah. Father God, we ask that you not only open the doors, hallelujah, that they would not only be restored, but that that ministry would be greater than ever. Your grace would be poured out upon it. Lord God, in greater measure than ever. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we pray this morning, also especially, Lord God, hallelujah, for our brother Danny's niece, Tiffany. We lift her up before you. We speak healing over her lives. For you are the Lord our God that heals us. Lord, touch her today while we're praying. We speak healing for recovery, total restoration. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Lord, and we pray for the EACM this morning. Every ministry, every ministry gift, we lift it up before you now in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, for every chaplain, every FRC chaplain, I AC chaplain. We bless them today. We speak strength and courage over them now. Anointing and grace over everyone. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for this great house. Come on, lift up your voices as we cry out to the living God for this house. Lord, we thank you for this house. Hallelujah. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the growth spurt. Thank you, Lord, for how you're adding to this place. Thank you, Father, for the revival, hallelujah, that's breaking out here, Lord. Father God, have your way here. We speak growth, exponential 
spiritual growth into this place, Lord. Touch every ministry in the house, every member, Lord God, every family represented in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we pray for our leaders, our bishop and Dr. Shell. We lift them up before you. Come on, church, I can't hear you praying. This is for our leaders. Lift up your voice with me. Hallelujah. We thank you for them. We speak blessing over them. Hallelujah. Grace over their lives. Grace and more grace over them. In the Tosa. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for wisdom, courage, and blessing over them. Strategies, Lord God, for this season and the season to come. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, we thank you. God, have your way. Holy Spirit, we yield the right away to you. Hallelujah. And Father, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place today. And we give you all the praise, all of the glory, all of the honor. In the name of Jesus, come on, everybody that stands here in great expectation of God doing something supernatural. Lift your voice. upon me for I would come to you this day and I would say to you do not partake in the fruit of this world do not partake in the fruit of this world for I would say to you that it is pleasing to the eye but it is bitter to the taste the fruit of this world it promises you pleasure but it only brings pain and sorrow and I encourage you today to come and eat of my fruit, saith the Lord. Eat of the fruit of peace, of love, of joy, of kindness, of patience, of godliness, of goodness, of self-control. Come, my people, turn your eyes from the fruit of this world, because it doesn't satisfy and come and eat of me, saith the Lord, for I am the one that satisfies you this day. Come, my people, turn your eyes from the fruit of this world and turn them upon me, says the Lord your God. Amen. 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 Are you ready to eat? What well, is my honor to introduce to you someone very special to, to us. He's our first speaker this year. And he's not a guest speaker, he's family. Amen. After I came to Christ, was born again I really basically only went to one church for just about seven years and Cheryl about seven and a half that's where I met my wife amen and that's where I served that's where I learned and that's where I grew and all glory to God we understand that and know that he is our source but God uses people 
and he used Dr. Leonard Gardner in our lives in a mighty great way. Also today, Reverend Dale and Reverend Patty are here. Amen. We appreciate them, Olsons. Amen. In fact, they stood up in my bridal party. Is that right? And uh, as you know, today is our wedding anniversary. We've been married 70 years. I've been to her for 35. She's been married to me for 35. That's 70 years. You got it? And, uh, and I'll take it one step further. Never in 35 years have we ever used the D word. Never divorced. Ever. One time. Murder, yes. But not divorce. Amen. Sometimes my wife tells me, I'm going to kill you. See? But uh, a very large Pentecostal church, radio, television back in the day, Zion was a, a church. And God knew where to put me. There was two churches at that time, and Zion was the one that God placed me in. I was free in the spirit. We used to worship, you would love this, Pastor Eric, for 45 minutes. Amen. Every service. Amen. And uh, Linda, we're glad that you're here too also. Linda Gardner, amen. We appreciate you. So I'm going to turn this service over to my former pastor. Amen. Pastor, Dr. Linda Gardner. And Chuck, thank you for the wonderful word this morning. Amen. It's all yours. Get out your notebook pads and get ready to eat. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Blessed be his name forevermore. Amen, amen, amen. It's such an honor to be here this morning because uh, your pastors are very special people to us. And God blessed us with them for many years. And actually, I think they came to the church I pastored for about 42 years. And, and uh, after they got married, they said, we've had enough of that. And they went out and started their own church. And God's done great things through their lives. We're just, uh, amen. It's such an honor, such an honor to be here. I remember we, that was in Clawson, our church in Clawson, when you first came. Remember, they always sat up in the balcony, you know? And Cheryl was coming for a while alone. Then she brought this guy in one Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not going to tell you what he, how he described himself. But you can imagine, you know, and as, a, as the service pressed on, they, and, and I watched them come week after week. They were very, very, very much in love with Jesus. And uh, to that end, they were always wanting to do whatever they could do. And it wasn't long 
after Jerry got saved that uh, he began to come up at the close of the service when I was ministering to people personally at the altar and I'd see him watching, listening, doing everything he could to pick up something. And uh, I believe that God allowed us to have an influence uh, on their lives in that time. And since then, I was looking this week, you know, and I think I preached here over 60 times. And I, I shouldn't have told you that because you, you're, you're going to say, man, I thought he'd be better than that after all that practice. <laughs> but uh, this has been kind of like a second home to me. I've preached here more than any other church, and we've been doing a lot of traveling and preaching for the past several years. But... Uh, this is a special time, and to be able to honor them, 35 years of loving Jesus, and the most, amen. And most important of all, you know, is that the uh, 42 years of seeking after God. And as I would watch them, watch them, watch them, you could see the two becoming one in the balcony. We were very crowded in those days. People were standing. They didn't have any problem with that. They just pressed in a little closer, you know. And pretty soon, God made them one. And they will have walked that way in all these years. Been a blessing to so many, many people. We thank God for their commitment. Thank God for all of you that are here supporting them, praying for them, holding them up in prayer. I know a little bit about pastoring. I know a little bit about the hardships and the trials, and I'm not trying to make it sound bad. It's the most glorious way to live, I think, that you can have. I'd do it all over again if Jesus asked me to, but uh, it is, it takes a lot out of you, and God gives, has to give you strength every week to keep on going, a little more strength, and I, I've been, been uh, preaching for 75 years, that's a long time. But I can't think of anything I'd rather do. I just love Jesus so much. And I keep listening to hear my name. <laughs> Say a little louder, louder, Jesus. I had asked people, I told that's one person one time, I said, did, uh, did you hear my name called? <laughs> if you do, call me collect. I'm ready to see him face to face, to bow at his feet. He's so precious, so wonderful, so glorious. I run out of words to describe him. And I come to you this morning, certainly, to bless, first of all, 
Jerry and Cheryl, two very special people. I trust you will hold them before the Lord constantly, constantly. And they will bless you in turn. They give you everything they have. And then a little more. Amen. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. It's just such an honor to be able to pay uh, special respect to this day. And I'm going to ask you to stand one more time, all right? I, I, I believe in standing, and I think it's in the Bible. Jesus went into the synagogue one day, and he found, saw a man with a withered hand, and he said to him, Stand forth. You know what that means? It means get up out of your seat and come up here. It was a first altar call in the Bible. First altar call. There's still, I want to tell you, they're still anointed. God still uses them. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for the privilege of being here this morning and celebrating with our good friends. And we know to some extent the price that they paid to walk with you. And I don't mean to make that sound like too heavy or too negative or too dark. As we've heard in a prophetic word, if you're eating of the right fruit for the right reason, it's a privilege and it's a joy to serve Jesus. And so this morning, join me, if you will, in blessing them in the name of the Lord. We speak the word of God over your life, that your days have only begun. God has many more things to do, and one day we'll meet again. And at the feet of Jesus, we will rejoice and give him glory and praise and honor. There's several people over there waiting for us. They got up this morning to cheer us on and believe that this would be a very anointed, spirit-filled time and service. Thank you, Lord, for these precious people. Thank you for your anointing upon them. We pray that this will be the beginning of even greater days. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 It's beginning to rain. Hallelujah. Turn and shake hands with someone as you're seated, would you please? God bless you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God. Well, as I, I, I waited upon the Lord for a word to share this morning, I, I was reminded, I believe, by the Holy Spirit of, well, praise God, of uh, a, a passage in the book of Mark that I preached on a few times years ago, 
you know, what I think I do is I kind of keep a record of where I've preached what. And I found out that it was 17 years ago that I preached from this passage in this church. It was a Sunday night service. And uh, so if any of you were there that Sunday night, if you forgive me, I'm going at that again. <laughs> you know, for a while I was a young preacher and I always thought, you know, I, I gotta come up with something fresh and new, something I've never spoken on before. And I was driven by that need to be unique. And, and, and you know, after a while, Jesus mercifully opened to me something in the Word. And I found out that the best preacher that's ever been on this earth, Jesus himself, the Gospels tell us seven times, twice Matthew said it, once Luke said it, four times John said it, that Jesus started out a sermon with these words. And again, I say unto you, that's the way I'm starting today. Again, I'm going to speak from this passage. I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but it doesn't matter to me because I feel the Holy Spirit wants us to go there today. And so it is timely because next Sunday, you know, is what we call Palm Sunday very part of the church world. It, it signified that time when Jesus came triumphantly into Jerusalem. It was an important day. It was the beginning of the most important week on this earth called Passion Week. And as he came in, there was shouting, there was yelling, there was palm throwing, Garments spread in the way. He came in with all the glory and splendor. And only five days from that time, they would drive nails through his hands, through his feet, for you and for me. And we're here today because of him. So I don't ever apologize for talking about him. I remember well one day when I was young, I was praying to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I don't know if I want to go into this pastoring business. And, and uh, I said, I, I really don't, I'm, I'm not that good a preacher. I don't have anything profound. After somebody hears, hears a testimony that God literally healed my body when I was two years old. Three doctors told my folks they couldn't do any more for my double pneumonia situation. They, they counseled them to go to the funeral home and set up my funeral. And they couldn't follow that as any parent. And they took me to a pastor of a church. They weren't even Christians yet. All of us were sinners at one time. 
And that pastor prayed that God would give me a new set of lungs. A new set of lungs. My Lord, here I am at 88 years old, almost. And, and they haven't run out yet. They're not as fresh. They don't sound as good as they used to. But they keep working. And I thank God. He holds all these things in his hand. And so we uh, began to serve Jesus at that time. And it was somewhat similar to that very important key season of time when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross. Most people didn't understand it. Even Brother Peter, who had the sword by his side, he couldn't figure it all out. He wanted to go back and get the net. He was better off, he thought, throwing a net than swinging a sword. But Jesus came forth in all his glory and beauty, power, that Sunday which on your calendar will be next Sunday, was actually the time every year on the, on the Jewish calendar in the month of Nisan, on the 14th of the month, they would bring the little lambs into the temple and hand them to the priests. They go through their flock. They had to find a lamb. They didn't have any spots or any blemish. And they take that very prized little, little animal, carry it into the priest, and say to actually the Levite, examine him. And if the Levite couldn't find any blemish either, they said, all right, you can take him on to sacrifice him in four more days. And they didn't find any blemish in Jesus. And he, in the hand of, of the Father, went to Calvary for you and I. And, and if there's anything that's meaningful, tell, you, tell me, say, folks, it's, a, it's not the Easter bunny. It's not even the Easter eggs. I'm not against eating eggs. But I want to talk to you about something that's much better than that. It's to be able to feed from the word of God and know that he has something special planned for every single believer in this place. And if you have not yet given your life to Jesus, I can tell you with maybe as much experience as anybody in here that you're missing the very best way to live. There's no better way to live than to walk with Jesus and have his hand. I don't find that kind of confidence in the world. I don't look around at what I can see. But as we heard in the prophetic word this morning, it, it only looks good. It doesn't taste good. There's a difference. Because we partake 
on something that has eternal life. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about this day. This day when Jesus came triumphantly into Jerusalem. All four of the gospel writers write about it. Zechariah, the prophet that wrote the second to last book of your Old Testament, prophesied it. Chapter 9 and verse 9 of his book. And these are the words he said. He said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold your king, your king. Say your king. Your king. king. We got to make sure we know his office. It's come unto you. And he is come unto you with salvation. And he comes very lowly, riding upon an ass, the colt, the foal of an ass. And that, for 500 years, was the only word they heard until that day that the clouds of glory opened up and Jesus began to come in. The interesting thing to me about that triumphal entry is not only that it was the king of kings that was declared and revealed, but it caught my attention that it was special the way he chose to reveal it. He said, you know, I, I, I'd have thought that maybe there had been a big, big caravan of flashing lights, prancing horses, all kinds of rejoicing. But you know, it wasn't any of that. He was coming on a cold, the foal of an ass. Now, I want you to listen to me this morning, so I'm not going to use that word anymore. But it's a Bible word. I want you to keep your mind on the Lord. He was like, the foal was a donkey that was less than one year old. One year old. And here he was, selected by the king of kings, the one who created all of the donkeys. And he said, I want that one over there. Just like he said one day about you. I want that one over there. And so he was presented to the whole world from a donkey. A donkey. I thought, my, that's a shame. He deserves so much more than that. But Zechariah prophesied. He was going to come lowly. He was going to be the most humble king that ever lived. And that day, there he was, riding step after step on a donkey. I looked all the way through my Bible, and I never found that donkey mentioned any other place. He's not even hinted about just 
just here on this occasion. It's obvious that he was birthed, he was born just for this one great day, as presentation day. It was donkey day. I don't want you to get offended that I call you all donkeys today. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because uh, I'm not going to use the King James word or some of you get mad at me. But that's what it means. A donkey. See, a donkey is not even a, a very beautiful animal. I, I've never seen any trophies made out to donkeys. They're not fast. They're not gorgeous. They're, they're just a donkey. In fact, donkeys can't even reproduce donkeys. They had to be with a mule combined with a horse. And out comes a donkey. And Jesus said, that's what I want. I want that donkey. It was ordained that donkey was going to be born. Be less than a year old. Be available. Jesus was going to know what post he was even tied to. Because everything is in God's timing. So when I look at the word, you see, I, I see like a big platform, a big screen. And all of a sudden, this little donkey walks on stage. He's only there for one day. And not even a whole day. It's always there. I don't know his name. I don't know his color of his hair or his eyes. I don't know if anything that donkey ever did to deserve what he was called to do. But he had been born to carry the king to his generation. I want you to hold on to that sentence. Born to carry the king to his generation. Hallelujah. I wonder what mama thought as she watched it. A little guy doing such a wonderful. You talk about high calling? But he isn't given any great credit. He was honored to do it. We don't worship the donkey. We worship who he's carrying. Amen. You know, I knew that story from the time I was a little boy. I grew up in Sunday school. And one day I was reading my Bible, and it was open to the book of Job, chapter 10 and verse 11. And it says this, that man was born like a wild ass's colt. I said, wow. There it is. There is the picture that heaven gives us of what happened 
on that triumphal Sunday. See, the, the word like is there, and if you know the English language, you'll know that's a simile. It's what's called comparing one thing to another thing and the, and the likeness of it. And he said, I want you to think about man when you're reading about the donkey that carried Jesus into Jerusalem. Because I want to say this morning, clearly, right up front, that you and I have been born to carry the king to our generation. That's why we're here. If we don't get the purpose right, our whole living is in vain. Everything else we do is in vain. We can have gifts and talents and abilities and skills and anointings that can all be in vain unless we get lined up with the purpose for which we were born. Hear me. A donkey. And so it is with us. Not important how tall we are. Not really that important how much we weigh. Not important if we walk with a limp or not. I got a lot of help these days. But I've asked Lord, you know, I said, Lord, did I, did I miss hearing my name? Did you call me? No. He keeps reminding me I was born to carry the king. And all the while I'm here, and I'm up on a stage for a few short years, next to nothing in eternity. I just walk across the stage. And part of my walk has brought me here to you this morning. You know why I'm here? I'm not here for any reason but to bring Jesus to this place and talk about him. He's the only one. He's the only one. One day I said, Lord, I, I don't think I... I'm called to this preaching business. I, I'm not very good at that. I, I, after I tell my testimony, I, I don't know if anybody will ever want to come and hear me. And the Lord said as clearly to me as I'm talking to you. He said, then you're going to have to talk about me. And that's what I've tried to do for all of these years. And I come to you this morning, as humbly as I know how, telling you I'm bringing the king. I want you to see the king. Don't see me. I'm not a very pretty sight anymore. I guess I never was. But I want you to see the king. And if you see the king, you will walk out of here with a glory, a victory, a blessing like you have never had anywhere in life. Because it's the king that takes the darkness and makes light.
It takes sickness and makes health. It takes death and makes life out of it. It's the king. It's him. The king. The king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if I do nothing more than that for the next few years, I'm happy as a lark. That's the greatest privilege in all the world. Sometimes you may think, oh, maybe I made a wrong turn. Maybe I shouldn't have done this or that or another in your walk of life. Don't let the devil discourage you. Don't let him minimize you. You turn around and kick him in the shins and say, hey, boy, I got the king. You got that? You got anything like that? No. Don't look at what I'm not. Look at what I'm called to do. Hallelujah. So here they were. The scene opens. The curtains open up. And there's a donkey tied by a rope to a post. Next to him is his mama. <laughs> I'd like to talk to that mama. She didn't know what her son was going to be all about. And then there's Jesus getting ready to leave. But before he does, he's got to go into Jerusalem. It's part of the story. He's going to be the lamb presented by the heavenly father that is without blemish and spotless to be offered for sacrifice. He's the key. He's the one. He's the answer to every problem. He is the blessing to every heartache. He's the one that makes darkness bright and light again. And so Jesus comes on the scene. And we listen to Jesus. And he has something to say. He has something to say that Zechariah had said 500 years before. And then Moses wrote in the book of Exodus, verse 13 of chapter 13, where he said that when a donkey was born, it had to be taken and Considered for its worth. The owner had to make a decision. The biggest decision in his whole life. It says if that donkey was to keep living, there had to be a lamb slain. There had to be bloodshed. A lamb for a donkey. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a donkey born. I want to tell you they are messy. Ugh. Don't like to talk about it before lunch. <laughs> They're slimy. They're weak. They can't stand up. They are not pretty. And so the owner has to take a look and say, Oh, it's a donkey. Do I keep the donkey? and slay the lamb, or do I keep the lamb 
and let the donkey die. It was very clear. Why was that in the law? Why was it a part of the Mosaic law? Very simply because it was a prophetic word about the coming of Jesus. There was going to be a donkey born. And so he looked at that donkey and he looked at the lamb. He said, well, I'm not very excited about that donkey, I'll tell you. Why would he ever choose the donkey anyway over his spotless lamb? One simple reason. He chose the donkey to die, or to live, I mean, because he could see down the road that someday that little donkey was going to grow up and he was going to carry his burden. That's another sermon. And he was going to bring the fruit in from the, from the orchard. That little donkey was not just going to be a slimy, dirty, worthless thing. He was going to do the work for which he was born. That's all God asks of your life and mine, is that we do what we've been born to do. Now you might say, well, I, Pastor Gardner, I, I, I'm not a preacher. I can't even sing. Have you ever sat next to me? I, you know, I can't sing. You don't have to. If he wanted you to sing, he'd have given you a voice to sing. Don't envy what you're not. Thank him for what you are. Thank you for what you are. You just do what you're born to do. And you know what? He picks you just like Jesus did in that day. Little old common animal. I would have expected the biggest parade with all of the regalia flashing out over the earth. No. The angels stood at attention, I believe. Because they knew. They knew something good was going to happen to this whole sinful race that missed it in the days of Adam and Eve. There's something big going on. And so Jesus turned. I haven't read my text yet, you know. I'm quoting part of it. If you want to stay around, I'll read it, but I got it. <laughs> I'm known as a preacher that preaches with seven closings. And so I want to cut it short this morning. But you see, it was important. It was important to know why he was born and to know that Jesus wanted him. So Jesus turned to his disciples and he said to them, look, 
I want you to go to a place I'm going to tell you about. How did he know where that donkey was? Because he knows everything. He knew when it was born. He knew where it was abiding at that particular time. So he said to his disciples, I want you to go to the place where two roads meet and you're going to find a donkey tied to a post. You untie him and bring him to me. And when you go to untie him, somebody's going to say to you, what are you doing messing with that donkey? He's not yours. You just tell him the Lord has need of him. The Lord has need of him. Oh, I love that. The Lord has need of him. You say, why, why, why? A God, a God that created everything. He could, he could have created a donkey right there. What do you mean need? He doesn't need out of lack. He needs out of love. He chooses to use us to help uh, that we can participate in the miracle. That's why he filled the, the, the net with fishes and didn't bring it in. He let them pull it in. That's why he raised Lazarus from the dead and didn't bring him up unwrapped. He could have. If he had enough power to speak and he came from death to life, he had enough power to unwrap him. But he didn't. He came up wrapped so that he could turn to his disciples and say, now you unwrap him. I'm going to let you participate in every miracle. And it'll soon you soon find that the, one of the greatest joys of your whole life is when you lead somebody to Jesus Christ. That's when it matters. You might say, well, why don't I understand why I, I, he put me in this job? Pastor Gardner, you ought to see the mess of the people I'm around. No, 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 no. You're chosen to take the king to where you live, to where you work, to what you do. And if you make sure that everybody that you meet meets the king... You've got a victory. You've got a joyful celebration awaiting you someday. Go get that donkey, Jesus said. No, not just any donkey. That donkey. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he knows your name. The first thing he usually finds is we're tied to a poor Men have tied us down. People have wrapped the rope around us and said, be still for a while. No, no. Jesus wants that donkey. That is the most difficult. You know, they tell us that the most difficult animal to train is a donkey. A horse can be trained. A mule can be trained with enough patience. But very few people have enough patience to train a donkey. <laughs> you say, Pastor Gardner isn't blessing us. Yeah, I think I am. 
I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, I want that donkey. He said that one day to the Holy Spirit about you and about me. He said, get that donkey. Yeah, I, yeah, I know they're stubborn. I know no man has ever sat on him. That's, that's right here in the Word. Nobody, but I tell you something this morning, folks. I've never, never seen a man that couldn't ride on that donkey, even though he's unbroken. We get on. We'll ride. We'll carry the king. What a marvelous way to live. Oh, it doesn't sound really exciting to a lot of people in the world. They're looking for a lot of flair and color and, and sound. You know, I, I'm too old for a lot of that stuff. And so are you. You just don't know it. Because if you ever get your appetite, if you ever taste this business of carrying the king, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a calling, what a high calling. I could, I, I'm, I'm cutting this short today, I am almost out of time. But there's one more thing I want to call to your attention. And when you get home, read Mark chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. And you'll read the words that I'm emphasizing this morning. The last thing it says about that is that when they brought the donkey to Jesus... And he said, bring him. He didn't say, send him. That's called discipling in our language. You don't just win him, you bring him closer and closer to Jesus. Every step you take, you get closer to Jesus. But when they got him there, they did one more thing. Before Jesus sat on him, they put blankets on the donkey. And I read that one day, I said, Lord, why in the world did you do that? He said, because I do not ride on flesh. I do not ride on flesh. He's a God of spirit. So the high calling that we have in Christ Jesus is to be donkeys. So if somebody calls you a name, say hallelujah. Let me tell you a little more about donkeys. You need to know this. <laughs> it's called an open door. <laughs> you get them in there. Get them saved. That's, right. Amen. Amen. That's our purpose. Yeah. 
Sometimes we get distracted. We look at our talents to define our, our purpose. We've got to look at the master to define our purpose and how he's going to use the talents to accomplish that. He's the one that's bringing in the harvest. He's the one. And if you know Jesus, I want to challenge you this morning to know that you're special in his sight. You say, well, but Pastor Gardner, you've been calling me a donkey. Yeah, I have. Because in that day, at that time, at that place, the most important creature in the whole world was a donkey. And that's the way it is with us. Don't look at what you're not. Don't look at what you'd like to be. Look at Jesus and realize that if somewhere along the way, somewhere on the journey, somebody pats you on the back and said, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you for praying for me. Or somebody says, well, that was, that was the most anointed song I ever heard. Don't, don't let that confuse you. Because it's not you that they're blessing. It's who you're carrying. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Fine falls in me, it won't be hard. But always remember, I'm just carrying the one that matters. I bring Jesus Christ to you this morning. And if we keep in mind, that's what it's all about. You wake up in the morning, right after you thank God for giving you another day. Thank him for being a donkey to carry him somewhere that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I call this born to carry the king. That's your purpose. Born to carry the king. And someday we're going to get over there. We'll surround the king. We'll be singing and rejoicing. And oh, heaven's going to be something else. But the glory of it all is going to be in the person of our king. He is the king of all the kings. He's the Lord of all the lords. There's nobody like him. I'm going to close. I, I keep moving because I'm about to fall off this stool. <laughs> Hallelujah. You love Jesus? Will you bow your heads with me for a moment, please? I just want to take the opportunity to say a couple of things. First of all, uh, we did bring some of our books with us this morning. And we have just published recently a book that was designed to be an autobiography of the life story of our family and our ministry. Not to the glory of anybody, but Jesus. 
my son, my youngest son, was struggling with his health some time ago. And there, he overheard people asking me to do an autobiography, do an autobiography. I never had time. I honestly kept saying that. Maybe someday, and the older I became, the more I forgot about what happened in the past. But I believe it was the Spirit of the Lord that some way touched my heart with that very thing and touched his heart. And he began without any request on my part to stay up even nights and uh, thank you that's my wife I want you to know that in case I don't want anybody to go out of here saying I don't see that preacher he was like leaning against some woman in that church I'm learning to lean No, but my son Hernes overheard that. He took that as a project upon himself. He stayed up all night some nights, typing and writing. And then one day he took that script. It was in draft form. And he handed it to me and he said, here, Dad, here's the autobiography. Two weeks after he gave that to me, he passed away. I believe he's with Jesus today. I had a hard time with that, I'll be honest with you. As I started to think about the fact that God had blessed him with so many talents, so many abilities. It just didn't seem right. And I'm not here this morning to explain to you everything that the Lord and I talked about. It's, frankly, it's none of your business. But one thing I know, was that he had finished what he had been given to do by the Lord. Today he's with Jesus. We do have some copies of that autobiography left. We have uh, it's been around the world a few times I think but it's not that great. It's just simply a few facts. I want to say to you this, this morning, you're so important to Jesus. Why would he choose a donkey when he made such beautiful animals? Why would he choose a stubborn old donkey? Slimy, messy, dirty donkey. 
because one last time, it's not you, it's who you're carrying that matters. So he came one day and moved into you. And he said, I'm going to spend the rest of my life, the rest of your life, rather, in you. As we pray this morning, I want to ask, first of all, for anybody in here that has not yet understood what your purpose is. There are people walking the streets this morning that do not know why they were born and why they're still alive. I'm telling you, why? And if you make that decision, you say, all right, Lord, from this day onward, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to live my life for you. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. You will begin the most wonderful and fruitful day of your whole life. That's true. If there's anybody in here this morning that does not yet know Jesus, haven't yet made him, said, yes, Lord, come into my heart. Climb on me. I see myself as just an old donkey, but Lord, if I'm the one you're choosing, it's an honor, Lord. It's an honor. So, if that's you this morning, you haven't yet made a decision for Jesus. But you see, you could say that after hearing some of these things this morning, I believe it's time to be untied from that post that people have kept me tied to all my life. And it's time to just carry Jesus to my generation. If that's your prayer, you want me to pray for you, I want to pray for you. Before the service closes, just lift your hand wherever you are right now. Hold it up. Thank you. Thank you, honey. Thank you. I thank you and you. And you over here. I want everybody to stand right now before we pray. Those of you that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to just do me one more favor. It'll only take a second for you to step out of your seat wherever you are. Come down to this altar where you'll meet with somebody that'll help untie you so Jesus can come in and ride with you for the rest of your life. Just step out from where you are. You lifted your hand. You lifted your hand. Come on. Come on. That's right. Come on. Praise God. Come on. All over this side over here. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Jesus. These people are so precious. So precious to Jesus. So precious. Just untying a few more donkeys this morning. 
those of you that are altar workers here come and get before each of these people get with them personally and pray with them father right now in the name of jesus we thank you for this response from these people obviously they're people lord that know the importance who you are the savior the one that can forgive their sins right now in a moment's time and they'll walk out of this place not alone but they'll walk out of this place carrying the king inside them thank you Jesus for each of these precious people and to the rest of you out there if you're already a Christian I want you to hold your hand up as I finish this prayer while these others are being ministered to. I want you to say, Jesus, I thank you for saving my soul. And starting today, I'm going to remember why I'm here, what my purpose is. I'm not looking to man. I'm looking to you, Jesus. And I want you to shine forth through my life. I want to tell somebody today about you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Give him praise, everybody. Give him praise. Hallelujah.